Hello and welcome back to this week's podcast episode. Today I'm going to be doing something that I haven't done in a while and that's interview someone for the podcast and today's interview is Rachel Florence. Now this interview originally came from my radio show where I interviewed Rachel Florence a couple of months ago. We talked about her autism, we talked about what it's like being a psychotherapist and she also has clients who are autistic so she talks about what it's like working with her autistic clients compared to her holistic clients. I really hope you enjoy the podcast and if you do you can message me on my Facebook, my Instagram, whatever platform you're on. So I really hope you enjoy. See you soon. So in the studio right now, we have Rachel Florence. Now, Rachel Florence is a psychotherapist and she also has autism, which she recently got diagnosed within the past five years. So hi, Rachel. Hi. Thank you for joining me on this interview. You're welcome. So as many will know, you are a psychotherapist helping a variety of people within your practice. But what people may not know is that you've recently, within the past five years, been diagnosed with autism. Would you be able to talk a little bit about what it's like coming to the realisation that you've had autism? And then a little bit later, we'll talk about your psychotherapy. Yeah, yeah no problem. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it was, I, I guess it wasn't really coming to a realisation all of a sudden. It was kind of something I was, I was always aware yeah. Uh, when I was growing up that I was different um that my my mind didn't seem to function in the same way as my peers around me um it kind of all came to a head when I was I was in the middle of tr- tr- my training actually to be a psychotherapist I was uh two years into a degree course and um I was really really struggling with the the, the group work and understanding group dynamics and I got to the point where I got very, very distressed and um, it was one of my tutors actually said to me, have you ever considered that you might be autistic? Um, and it was not something I'd ever considered before, but yeah. it kind of made sense that they would say that. Um, so I ended up going online and I uh, I googled um, female adult symptoms of autism and I found a website that had a list of 100 symptoms. I printed that out and I got a highlighter pen and I went through it and uh, ended up highlighting about 90% of the symptoms. So I thought, okay, well, there's something to this. Um, and then, yeah, I went, I went to my GP and gave him the list uh, and he ended referring me up, referring me to a place called Axia ASD in Chester. Um, and I went there for a full assessment, which took about three hours with a psychiatrist who specialised in autism. And yeah, received diagnosis. Was there was there anything growing up that now now you're older, you think, why didn't that get like why didn't that, that get picked up? It's so obvious it's like autism. Yeah, oh god, so much stuff. Yeah. As soon as soon as I got the diagnosis, I got um well, as you probably know yourself, we tend to get special interests as autistic yeah. people. And once I got diagnosed, autism became one of my special interests. So I just uh, went a bit obsessive about researching it mm-hmm. um and when I started doing that I started going on a bit of a bit of a journey memory journey uh thinking about growing up and things like that and there was so much stuff that came up and I was just like wow yeah so um when I was very young so I used to I used to make friends with the plants and the trees in the playground instead of the people I didn't have any friends going through school um all sorts of stuff. Uh, I didn't speak until I was four. I was very sort of uh, a bit of a manic child, a lot of flapping and, and yelling and screaming. And um, 
yeah, I was reading at a really, like, a weirdly young age, like three years old. I was reading, like, Roald Dahl books and or at least trying to, whether I was actually reading them or not, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I got very interested in reading really young. Um, massive loner. Just just preferred to just stay in my bedroom, quiet by myself. Um, yeah, there's lots of stuff, and there's lots of stuff that made me think, why didn't anybody, I mean save from my parents who I don't blame at all because obviously as parents you think all your children are just are just perfect and and there's nothing wrong with them which I don't blame them at all but um certainly some of the teachers going through school I, it does make me wonder why they didn't think there's something there's something a bit off about this girl would you be able to describe what way it involves being a psychotherapist and what type of people you work with yeah sure so I uh, I've been training for seven years um I'm currently right at the end of my master's which is level seven um and uh, so yeah I've just got my dissertation to write and then I'll have a, a master's in counseling and psychotherapy counseling the words counseling and psychotherapy can be used interchangeably so some people call themselves a counselor I've, I've chosen to call myself a psychotherapist um I um, at the minute, I'm working with on a voluntary basis. I'm working with uh, adult survivors of childhood sexual abuse, um, and yeah, I've worked with. I, it just so happens I never aimed for it, but it just so happened that I have actually had a couple of autistic clients late diagnosed, like yeah. myself, diagnosed in adulthood. Um, and I do find that the counselling sessions take on a bit of a different dynamic with autistic people compared to neurotypical people. More often than not, I think because because we have this tendency to be black and white thinkers and and things like that. That, that I find that I have to I have to speak in a different way with my autistic clients, um, a way that feels much more comfortable to me actually because because I'm autistic myself. So yeah, it tends to take on a much more sort of um, dynamic and like direct form of communication um because I have to say the obvious with autistic clients because yeah. we're not we're not great at picking up on metaphor or or anything like that so yeah. I have to be quite very direct very obvious which suits me down to the ground because that's the way I speak anyway um, yeah I was, I was uh, gonna ask is the style that you approach situations different with holistics and neuro and like neurotypical neurodivergence yeah yeah it's different it is um as soon as I know that somebody's autistic I, I find myself relaxing quite a lot because I just yeah. get to speak how I normally speak which as I say is very very straightforward spade to spade very direct you know um if I'm thinking something I'll just say it to them which I find autistic people find uh, quite grateful for because the thing is with counseling is I think a lot of autistic people struggle with it because it can be quite vague and very gray area they always say that when you're training or you're working in the gray area and my thought all along has been that's that's no good for autistic people because we need something to hold on to when we're when we're in a conversation with somebody it can't be all this sort of vagary and and metaphors um, it has to be quite straightforward coming to the end of the interview do you have anything else you would like to add or let the audience know I think because of how much I've struggled with other people understanding um autism particularly female autistics because we tend to mask a lot more than than male autistics is that I know we look like we're coping but a lot of the time we're not and people don't see what we have to cope with when we're alone because we mask so much and we learn to mask so much so it's not the same as lying it's just things that we have to do to cope in a world that isn't built for our neurology so yeah I would like anybody who meets an autistic person who isn't autistic or doesn't understand anything about it just to be aware that we cope with a lot more than we look like we do 
So I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Rachel Florence. I think I really want to get back into doing more interviews for the podcast. It takes a new spin on it that I really like. If you enjoyed the interviews, let me know via my Instagram or just send me a message or whatever platform. I don't mind YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. So yeah, so I really hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, if you're loving it, I'd love it if you could hit the like button, hit subscribe if you're really loving these podcasts. And I'd really also appreciate if you could hit the five star. You don't have to, but it really, really does help my channel grow and develop and help makes it better. So thank you so much and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.